Chance Corner Podcast is back. I'm your host, Drew Champlin, and we are looking forward to the 2018 Alabama football season. We're going to preview that today and a lot more featuring Mark Jennings in his latest Twitter battles. Not not too many people seem to like my co-host Mark Jennings on Twitter. Some of them have more than 100,000 followers, even if a few of them are bots. Uh, let me introduce my co-host to you, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, it has been too long since we've had a podcast together. You know, this is the favorite thing I like to do. You know, I, I, it's, I look forward to it all the time. I miss not doing it every week. We need to do it more often. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And to let everybody know, the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings available on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, probably some other apps, but you can you can hear us pretty easily on there. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Make sure you tweet at Mark Jennings 55 uh, You know, it was pretty good. It was pretty neat. The other day I saw Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletic director, tweet some stuff about what's going to be going on at Alabama football games this fall, and I'm sure I'll be at a couple. And it turns out I might run into you at a game or two this fall. Uh, they're going to have some. They're going to be selling Dippin' Dots is at at Alabama games, if I read that right. And you just recently started your Dippin' Dots venture not too long ago, as as you've explained in a previous podcast. That's correct, Drew. You know, it's really some fortuitous timing that I'm starting my Dippin' Dot business at the same time that that uh, uh, the University of Alabama football team is going to allow dipping Dots in the stadium. And, and you know, I was able to, you know, I know, I've known Bill Byrne forever. You know, we've been friends for a long time, and, and I've known Greg for a long time, and we were able to get together and cut out a deal, and it just worked out really well. I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, looking forward to sell my dipping Dots, you know, the, the greatest uh, ice cream ever made in the world, the ice cream of the future to sell it at Bryant-Denny Stadium, named after the greatest football coach of all time. I think that's just a perfect pairing, Drew, and I, I'm excited about that uh, new opportunity for my business. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully tracking you down and getting some dipping Dots there. Can you share your location or any, any pricing models? I know you're not, you're not the type of guy who's going to sell your recruiting information uh, to anyone, but... I know, you're, obviously, you're a very uh, s- savant businessman. Uh, anything you can share as, as far as that goes? Well, the key right now, because we only have certain amount of space for the flavors, we got to figure out what flavors we want in there, and I'm going to do some some surveys, maybe some uh, some focus groups on what the correct fla- what the flavors that the people are going to want are. You know, we're going to be. Uh, <clears throat> All around the stadium, uh, but a lot of it's in the student section. I got to figure out what this, what the, what the kids, what their favorite dip and dot flavors are these days. So that's really my main concern at this point. I have an idea of pricing uh, in my head. I've ran some analysis and figured out what those prices are going to be and the sizes, and use some price discrimination there. You probably don't what don't know what that is, Drew. That's all right. I'll use some price discrimination uh, with the sizes, and we're going to figure out the most profitable. Uh, uh, way to go about in doing this business, so we're gonna have all that have all that down pat by the time we stroll into Bryant Denny Stadium. Yeah, and the home opener for Alabama uh, will be September. It's excuse me, September eighth, Saturday at two thirty against Arkansas State. Alabama's playing Louisville in Orlando on Saturday night at seven on ABC. We'll preview that game later in the podcast. How many are you just going to have the one card there, or any of your? Uh, I know last year you had uh, your wife's CrossFit 
uh, trainer's son, Kip, I think, take you to some games? Maybe maybe Kip and his buddy Ian, would they be able to help you out? Or do you have any new people, any of your golf course workers coming? Yeah, I'm going to use – I'm going to have lots of carts. It's not going to be just one cart, you know, when we spread out throughout the stadium. I'm going to have some of my golf course workers man the cart. I figure, you know, uh, I pay them under the table anyway, so I continue to do that while they man the Dippin' Dots cart. really works out best for everybody. They make a little more money, and I don't have to pay taxes on it. That's going to work out really well. So that's that's the plan we're going with now. Um, I've got a map set out of, of who I want where, you know, you want your most trustworthy people who you think they need the best salesmen in the high traffic areas. And you got to figure out where those are in the stadium and where the flows are going to be and, and where to be at halftime to be able to maximize your revenue. A lot of these things I got going on, Drew, I got it up on my wall at home in my office. I got it all planned out and with thumbtacks and name tags and everything. And, and we're going to be good to go by Saturday. And I know you're going to be closest to where the recruits come out so you can get a good look at them, right? Well, that's a given, Drew. You know how much I love the eye test. I think it's real important, not only just in how big and strong they are, but how they carry themselves, how they interact with the other players. These are important things when it comes to recruiting. You know, any idiot can go look at some film and give a certain number of stars. We see that on ESPN every day, right? So any idiot can do that, but it takes a real talent. Uh, and that's one of my gifts that I have is to be able to judge that type of talent just by looking at the player. Yeah. Hey, Mark. So I was on Twitter not too long ago, actually about 30 minutes ago. And as you know, we're recording this on Wednesday night, Tommy D is the executive sports editor of the Tuscaloosa news. And he's a guy who helped me out a lot when I was a sports writer. Oh, a lot of, of any marginal success I had to Tommy. Great guy. Uh, tweets shocking in all caps shocking surprise guest announcement for the 2018 Alabama football season over at Tide Sports Twitter takeover coming tomorrow social media will never be the same uh, and then immediately I thought what well, is this Mark Jennings so so Mark is there anything you haven't told me well I had well there was a we had a plan in place for me to take over the, the Tide Sports account but when the Dippin' Dots contract came in I had to uh, I had to change my priorities. You know, we're, we're kicking off at, at the stadium next week at Bryant Denny, so I, we wanted to get a practice run in this week. So we're going to Troy on Saturday and work with the Dippin' Dot and work there with our Dippin' Dots carts and see and, and really make sure we get all the kinks out before we go live in Bryant Denny next week. So that's where I'll be on Saturday. I won't be able to. Uh, to be in, to be to, to take over the Tide Sports account, and that's unfortunate because it's something I was really looking forward to. I think it's a new platform to me to share my expertise with the, with the people who follow that Twitter account who don't necessarily follow me, and that's disappointing. But you know, I have to do what's best for me and my family, and and that's to go and get this Dippin' Dots business really going and, and going strong. And before I ask you the next question, Mark, what is your Twitter handle for the new listeners? I'm glad you asked, Drew. My Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. You can find me there. You can tweet at me. I love Twitter. I love interacting with all the fans and, and, and hearing some of their opinions and asking, answering some of their questions. You can find me there. My, my direct messages are, I believe I say they're available, meaning you can direct message me on Twitter, I think is, is the correct nomenclature there. Uh, you can do that, or you can email me. You can email me at markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. Either there or on Twitter. I love hearing from you guys. And if I don't answer your question your question immediately, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. 
Yeah, that's pretty disappointing, Mark. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Drew Champlin, by the way, just at my little shameless plug. But uh, very disappointed to hear you won't be uh, running the Tide Sports Twitter account. Maybe you guys can work something out for a game later this year, maybe the Citadel later in the year. But if Tommy is so excited on, on Twitter about this, who who do you think he might be having to run the account? I don't know, Drew. You know how the liberal media likes to hype these things up, and it really just been, you know, it's really not a big deal. Want to hear about? It's probably it's probably some loser like you know Jay Barker or Tom Luganbill, to be real honest with you. So, uh, um, you know, Tom Luganbill's at the Hoover Met on Saturday. He hadn't gotten any smarter. And there's Jay Barker. You know, he's out there. He's he's probably gonna wear his wear his hat when he tweets to make people think he's not going bald. Uh, you know, one of those two probably, I don't know, Drew, I'm just pontificating at this point. You probably have as good idea as I do. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. You know, I'm not in the liberal media anymore as far as the sports goes. I cover some high school games on Friday nights for Starnes Media for my buddy Kyle Parmley. Actually, I'll be at the center point at Mountain Brook game on Thursday. But uh, staying with Twitter, ha- had quite the interaction you did last night. Danny Sheridan, a noted odds maker, and I didn't even know he was still relevant in in this day and age until uh, he may not be. But um, obviously, Mark, you know, Danny goes on Feinbaum, and Feinbaum must be really struggling for ratings if he's got Danny Sheridan on the show. But Danny says he'd be very surprised if it's not Jalen Hurts. He's your quarterback, talking about the Jalen Hurts versus Tua Tungo-Vailoa-Alabama quarterback battle. And uh, and then Mark Jennings tweets, Danny is a good friend, but he is wrong about this, just like he is with most of his football gambling picks. Danny comes out hot, quote tweets Mark Jennings. One, I've never heard of you, and that alone would rule you out as a good friend of mine. Number two, my fortunately, my lucky point spread picks have supported me and my family for over 35 years. How have your picks fared? Three, yes, I could be wrong about Hurt starting versus Tua. We'll see, 9-1. 18 and you have not responded on twitter uh but now mark here's your platform what's your response to that well it's it's very disappointing drew to be honest with you danny and i were really close and and me and danny we would go we went way back you know we were we were really close in the 80s and then uh you know danny went in the direction where he he i didn't agree with some of the decisions he made uh, he got more into the uh, – he, he thought that that his information that he had about sports betting, which really isn't much information, to be honest with you, um, he sold out. And that's disappointing to me as a pure football analyst that he would go out and do that. And that's really where our relationship soured. And so – it's, it's disappointing. It's not surprising to me. I'll, I'm going to leave it off Twitter because I don't want uh, you know those grievances to be aired on a public forum. But you know, Dan, Danny sold out a long time ago. You know, you look at him recently. What happened with him and the the Cam Newton story? What that was and all. And he didn't know anything. He just wants to keep his stay relevant, and he's not relevant anymore. And so he's going to do whatever he can to stay relevant. So you look at someone like me whose name is out there and is highly regarded and as an expert in my field, he's going to do whatever he needs to do or can do to bring me down to make himself look better. And that's disappointing to me because Danny and I were so close, you know. We were in each other's weddings back in the day. And, and I, I am just, I am, I am verklempt 
over all that's transpired with his and my relationship and and hopefully one day we can we can mend those barriers uh but apparently danny's not real interested in that so that's unfortunate um you know danny goes off and talks about how how he provides his family with his picks he doesn't provide for his family with his football picks he provides for his family by selling his football picks those are two different things right does Danny ever release his his betting his his picks against the spread? He I never, think he just makes up some lines, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he makes up lines, you know, and says he 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 beats the line, you know. You know, there's that old story when Danny first started working, and he was uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated. He was applying for a job there, and, and he as being a, a college football betting analyst, and you know the editor at the time I believe asked him to make some picks against the spread from last year. For games that had already been played, and he couldn't do it because he's just not very knowledgeable of the game. Now he's done an excellent job of of uh, exalting himself and and making himself famous, but he is it, 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 when it comes to substance, there's not a lot there. I think there could have been substance there, but he sold out so long ago that any any semblance of competence uh, has has disappeared. And I say this as someone who was who was really miss having that relationship with him, but the Danny that I knew from a long time ago is not the same Danny that he is now, and that's hurtful, and that's very hurtful. Drew, I didn't want to say all the things on, on Twitter because it's a pu- it's a public forum, and I didn't want those things to get out. So I'll just leave that there. I'm not, and I'm not going to say any more, Drew. Yeah, so I, l- I looked at some of the responses to this this tweet from Danny, and uh, you know, a lot of people standing up for you. Obviously, uh, you know everybody says Mark Jennings is the best in the business, and these are people I don't know. Um, you know Cameron, Luke, Ratliff, Danny. Uh, Mark Jennings is the best in the business. His entrepreneurial expertise, com- coupled with his evaluation of prospects, has made him a wealthy man. Um, you know, even more, you know, you know, I appreciate your work, Danny, but Mark Jennings isn't the best in the business for nothing. You Rick Muscles, Rick Carpentry, at Rick Muscles. Danny, as a friend, you're messing with the best in the business. Just best in the business is, is the common thing here. We get down to, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we get down to some more, you know, Paul T. Graham. You are clearly, in, you are engaging in a battle of wits with the best in the business Donnie and you are clearly unarmed, and you know just 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 a few more of those, and you know even had even had one response that I w- wish I could find actually that said, uh, it's 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 really it's really seems to be a shame that that you guys are that Danny's trying to lie about you being his friend or say that you're not his friend when all this seems to be is that you think two is going to start and Danny thinks Jalen's going to start. Well, I appreciate all those responses. You know, I, I it, it gives me great joy that those those people defending me and calling me uh, the best in the business. That's that's based on my work, and I've worked hard to get where I am. And and Danny took the easy way and the and the short way, and now look at him now. He's just an embarrassment. He 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 doesn't. You know, he's trying to, to disown me as a friend and act like he doesn't even know me. I've got pictures from me and him at my wedding. So that, that's disappointing for me to hear. Um, but it's 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 not surprising for Danny. But again, I, I really thank all of you who said all those nice things about me on Twitter. It means the world to me uh, that you all can learn from my expertise. 
Yeah, it, it's quite uh, you know it's it's quite it's it's really something. I, I tell you what, um, you know, and then Danny says sees, he believes Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. Well, everybody saw the national championship game last year. Everybody's seen how Jalen, you know, he's he's got the, he could lead Alabama to twelve wins this year, but uh, to a to a Tagovailoa is just on another level. Why why would Danny say that Jalen Hurts is the guy, Mark? He's just trying to stay relevant. He's looking at the wave of information, and most people are saying that two is going to start. So he's just trying to stay relevant and be a contrarian, and that's what he's trying to do. Uh, you know, two is going to start. I, I, I don't know how much he'll play. I expect him to play the whole game, to be real honest with you, um, unless it becomes a sixty-point blowout or something. But Jalen Hurts isn't going to start on Saturday. Two attack and low is going to start. And he's going to play the whole game, and anyone who has a football brain knows this. So uh, this is just another uh, pretty pretty shameless attempt by Danny Sheridan to stay relevant. Uh, he had his time in the sun. People figured out who he was, and he's not relevant anymore. And now he's trying trying to to, to get that limelight back. And what he doesn't know is it's not going to work. People have come on and figured him out, and and that's disappointing to me because Danny Sheridan was once a very dear friend. Yeah, uh, I, now I think two is going to start and play the whole game as well. I, you have a lot more connections these days, obviously, and you always have. But are you saying that based on what you think or based on what your sources are telling you? That's what my sources are telling me. That's two, what is telling me. two is going to start. Two is going to start. And I don't right. think I don't think anybody's going to be real surprised. You might be real surprised if two starts. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, think we watched we watched we all watched the Georgia game. Right. Yeah. Right. We watched what happened. So, uh, uh, two was going to start. Two is a superior player. I like Jalen. I think he does some good things. But and he, you can win a lot of games with Jalen the way Alabama wants to play, which is to play defense and not turn the ball over. Uh, but this year, the Alabama the defense is going to be a little down. Uh, you, you know, we and you get to the end of the year, you're going to have to play some teams or have to score some points. You know, we saw it happening against Georgia. Georgia did to Alabama in that first half what Alabama tries to do with everybody else, and it just wasn't working. So it's that was that's uh, two is going to start. Drew. Two is going to start. Right. I'm sorry, I'm ram- I'm rambling. The whole day, the whole Danny Sheridan fiasco has really brought up some painful memories for me, and so I'm apologize if I'm a little off this evening. Yeah. Well, what about National College Football broadcaster Tim Brando responding to Danny when he quote tweeted you there? I'm not sure if he included Mark Jennings 55 in the conversation. Tim says, Bravo, Danny. Anger, angst, and bitterness surrounds fans from the lunatic fringe. I don't know if he's calling you a lunatic or what. They don't understand that when we're asked a question, we're supposed to answer honestly. Do you have any, uh, I don't know how well you know Tim, but do you have any response to that real quick? I know Tim tangentially. I've met him a couple of times, but you know, everybody, everybody knows in, in the sports journalism knows that, that Tim Brando is just an idiot. There's not there's he, he is not a very smart person. He is he is an incompetent. He is a dullard. Uh, you know he kind of does what Danny Sheridan does, where he says things that are contrarian just to be on the Paul Feinbaum show. You know I, I don't respect what Tim Brando does, and the fact that he tried to jump in and pile on is completely unsurprising to anyone who knows just a little bit about Tim Brando. So you know Tim Brando was at CBS all those years. You know he was at ESPN forever. As you know, one of their top play-by-play guys, and look at him now—he's calling games on Fox Sports, you know, eleven, you know, calling some bottom bottom feeder Big Twelve game that, no, that you know seven people are watching, and six of them are relatives of the players. 
So I, 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 you know, what happens to Tim Brando's career and what happens to Danny Sheridan's career? That's what happens when you don't have a lot of character and integrity. You might shine for a while, but then at the end, you're going to bottom out. And people are going to find out who you really are. And, and the fact that those, those that he he tried to dog dog pile in on that Tim Brando did that's completely unsurprising knowing his character. Yeah, I, I didn't really take too kindly to that as well. Hey, Mark, let's talk some Alabama football players. How about it? Drew, I'm ready to talk some football. I need to get in a better mood. Let's do it. All right. So since we last chatted, Alabama added five-star linebacker Ollie Cahoe from Reno, Nevada. He was at Washington, or they were supposed to he had signed with Washington, and I don't think he'd ever started classes there, but he was – Given a release from his letter of intent, I uh, think he's, you know, I had seen reports that he left because of, uh, you know, family. You want to get closer to family. Well, now he's way out in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The depth chart comes out, and the talented freshman, 6'1, 218, is what he's listed at. He is second string behind Dylan Moses at one of the inside linebacker spots. So a quick ascent up the depth chart for Ali Cahoe with Alabama losing some linebackers. I think he's got a chance to play. What's your, uh, what's our scouting report on Ali Cahoe? Uh, great player, Drew. Great player. 6'2", 220 out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, you know, Nevada is not a lot of great football players there, but up in Reno and down in Las Vegas, you got some quality players there. You know, it's not college competition, but uh, he, has, he he played against some guys that could play. And so Ali Cahill is, is pretty well prepared to play uh, at big-time college football. It's going to take some time to get his feet wet. It was completely unsurprising to me, given Alvin his death at linebacker, to go ahead and see him on that depth chart. Uh, he's going to be a great player one day. How he does out there on Saturday, who knows? You know, he's he's going to struggle some because the excuse me because the system's new. Uh, but he's going to be fine. You know, I just want to say there's a whole bunch of crap about his recruitment out there. You know, a bunch of subscription sites trying to sell subscriptions uh, and get that extra ten dollars a month of your hard-earned money. They made up some lies about him. You know, Ali Kaho wanted to go to Alabama all along, and one of his parents didn't want him to, and and finally. He was able to to convince his family that he wanted to be at Alabama, and that's where he went, and that's all there is to it. You know, you got you got a people in sports media, your Danny Sheridan types, your Tim Brando types that run these subscription sites that are lying to the consumer, and it's really not fair to them. Honestly, I hope that Elizabeth Warren goes off and, and introduces some regulation on these subscription sites so they can be sued for for libel and slander. That's what needs to happen to make this country make this country a better place. Hey, do, 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 does he remind you of anybody in particular, Ali Cahoe? He does. He reminds me of a kid, a guy, a kid out of the state of Ohio had a had a long career in the NFL, won a Super Bowl ring. I remember played at Ohio State University. Guy by the name of AJ Hawk. Do you remember AJ Hawk, Drew? Yeah, I think he was uh, the Packer played with the Packers for most of his career. That same AJ Hawk. That same AJ Hawk. I want to say he ended his career with the Bengals or something like that. But yeah, had a great career. 11 years, first-round draft pick. Uh, really a fantastic player. Ali Cahoe is the same player. He has the same potential. I think he's at the same level now at the age of 18 that A.J. Hawk was. And two years from now, we're going to talk about Ali Cahoe being a candidate for the Bubkiss Award. So, that's you know, Ali Cahoe is a great player. If you're an Alabama fan, you got to be excited about seeing him on the field. Yeah. Hey, Mark, so Nick Saban released his death chart to the media. At least uh, this is – what you know? What was given to the media on on Monday, so they could put out to their to their readers, to their listeners, to their subscribers. Quarterback position lists Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts with the OR designation. Actually, it's a slash these days. 
two enlisted first here. Usually it's the upperclassmen, it seems. Um, you know, a few other you know surprises. I guess Ali Keho moving moving behind one behind Dylan Moses at one of the linebacker spots. Um, uh, you know the, the 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 secondary. You know Trayvon Diggs, and then either Pat you know Patrick Sertain is listed as an or with. Savion Smith, you know, they're the two highly recruited players. Smith out of the JUCO ranks, retain that out of high school. You know, Josh Job is going to be expected to play early. Jalen Armour Davis, uh, Xavier McKinney, and Deontay Thompson are your safe are your starting safeties as of now. And as far as big surprises, you know, I'm not really sure if there are any. There are some starters last year who are out. Matt Womack's out with an injury. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the depth chart as a whole, Mark? Did you believe it? I guess. Well, there's a lot of stuff in there that's going to be bogus, you know. And I can tell you some stuff now. I can look at some of these positions and tell you which ones are bogus. I'm not liberty to say which ones. But some of these are just not going to – you're not going to see that on – what's listed on that depth chart is is not what you're going to see on Saturday. You know, the obvious ones, you know, the wide receivers, the running backs, you know, those, those are good to go. Everybody knows who those guys are. And that defense, though, I think there's some that we're going to see a lot of surprises compared to that depth chart. Yeah, and I wonder about the depth and the defensive line and at linebacker. You know, uh, uh, obviously with Alabama losing Terrell Lewis and Christopher Allen to the outside linebacker spot for the year with with knee injuries, that's a, that's a huge blow. So, you know, it says they're going to be counting on, you know, Yabi Anoma and Cameron Latou, some true freshmen are listed. And Anthony Jennings is back from his pretty severe knee, knee injury. You know, Quentin Williams is a guy who's, who seems to have risen to a starting nose guard spot. Um you know, uh, Zaya Bugs and Raekwon Davis should be stars. I, I really expect a lot of LeBron Ray in his sophomore year to be a big-time player and a breakout player All-American type by the time he's a junior. You know, Fedarian Mathis, he's going to have to play as a redshirt freshman. Johnny Dwight's going to have to step up. But uh, are you concerned for Alabama when you look at the front seven, especially the depth? Yeah, depth is always a concern for everybody, even for Alabama. I, I think that's a, that's a depth concern. I'm more interested to see how the defensive secondary plays out. Uh, and, and what goes on there, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see you're going to have a lot of young guys back, back there, a lot of guys that have been on the team for a while but are finally getting to start to shine. But I'm really looking forward to the defensive backfield more than anything. You know, front seven, I know how they're going to play, that starting front seven. Um, there are some depth concerns. I don't think that's going to come into play against Louisville. I'm more interested in seeing how those DBs uh, turn out. Yeah, Trevon Diggs had some struggles early last year. Uh, he's going to be, you know, and he was replaced by Levi Wallace. That can't happen this year, I don't think. Um, yeah, but he could get replaced by a true freshman, you know, Patrick Sertain, Josh Jober. Highly recruited, but it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about, you know, Louisville's got some really talented receivers, so they're going to be, um, you know, be put to the test here in this Alabama versus Louisville game on Saturday night. Uh, Louisville will start a true or a redshirt sophomore for his first start. That's Jawan Pass. We talked a little bit about him as a recruit. You know, Alabama was recruiting him for a little while in the class of, uh, oh gosh, I think he was the class of 2016 guy if he's a redshirt freshman. So yeah, he would have signed then, but he committed to Alabama or to Louisville the summer before, and Alabama was, Alabama got a commitment from Jalen Hurts that summer. So Juwan Pass, what's your thoughts on him, Mark? Good player, a good player. You know, he goes to Louisville knowing he's going to have to sit behind Teddy Bridgewater, but he's able to to sit for two years and really learn from a fantastic college quarterback who I think is going to make a pretty good uh, pretty good pro in Lamar Jackson. I didn't mean to say – I'm, I'm older. I'm getting my, my names confused. I'm in Lamar Jackson. Um, he's got a chance to learn behind him. He's going to be a fantastic NFL player. 
I, I think I think you know I think Louisville can come out and 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 I'm not gonna say surprise some people. I think they're gonna start the game pretty strong. You got Jawan Pass out there. Uh, you got some some really good wide receivers for Louisville. Talking about Des Patterson, Seth Dawkins, Jalen Smith. They got over two thousand yards of receiving coming back. About sixteen touchdowns. And Bobby Petrino is a, a fantastic offensive football coach. It wouldn't come surprise me they started out the game, maybe scored a touchdown on the first drive, and, and maybe got up you know seven nothing or ten nothing. And and I think things are going to calm down. I wasn't going to take over, but but I think Louisville's come out and and put some points on the board. They don't have the the strength Alabama does on on the on the offensive and defensive fronts to stay in there the entire game and they're gonna get worn down. Alabama's gonna take over in the second half. But I, I wouldn't surprise me at all Louisville come out and start this game pretty strong. Yeah, I expect Louisville to score some points here. I just expect Alabama with Tua Tungavaloa to score a lot more. Really looking forward to seeing how Tua with his new you know, the receivers, you know, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith Jerry Judy played a lot last year. You know, Najee Harris played a lot in the, in the championship game. Damian Harris is back. So they're very deep, and, and they're going to be starting Alex Leatherwood and Jer- uh, Jedrick Wills, who were two five-star recruits last year as sophomores on the offensive line. So I, th- I really think Alabama should have a very good offense, should score a lot of points. Really looking forward to seeing Tua in the in in action here as a starter. I think that's what it's going to be as well. But looking, looking at the season, um, you know, do you think Alabama can go undefeated against this schedule and, and maybe even into the playoffs? Or, you know, are they going to go? Are they never going to lose a game again with a title of a low as a quarterback? It's hard to go through a season undefeated. Um, you know, the, the defense is a concern. Um, you know, but the offense is so good it might not matter. I don't know, Drew. I can't tell you how things are going to shape up in November or who they're going to play, or what quarterback's going to break out they might see in the college football playoffs. I don't know these things. Um, but I think it's pretty silly to say that Alabama never loses with uh, Tua Tagovailoa back there. I think he's a great player, and they're going to be able to beat a bunch of people by outscoring them. But but there's going to come a game where the defense is going to have to make some stops in the fourth quarter for them to win, and I'm not totally sure that they are, are – maybe not talented, uh, experienced and skilled enough uh, to make those stops they need to. Yeah, I wonder when that game could be, though. I mean, I, I, you know, maybe it's Mississippi State or Texas A&M or Ole Miss. You know, week three could be, you know, a lot of, you know, some people pick, they look at that game, but, you know, Alabama beat Ole Miss 66-3 to last year. So maybe that's a be quite the turnaround if Ole Miss was able to turn around and beat Alabama there. I just can't really see that happening. Maybe Auburn. Uh, Alabama does have Auburn at home, but, you know, do you, do you think Auburn would be a big challenge or was Auburn – you know, normally they'll have a good, great season every, you know, 2010, 2013, 2017, but not so much in the middle. Yeah, you know, Auburn has this program where they don't usually have two good years back-to-back. I know they lost three games last year, but that's they beat Alabama. Uh, they made the SEC championship game. That's a good year for Auburn. Uh, they usually don't have two good years back-to-back, so we're going to see uh, what happens there. But they've, they've got a bunch of pieces there that are, that are strong. they got a good quarterback back there that can sling it around. They have, you know, a defensive front that's arguably as good as Alabama's. So I think they're going to be able to, to be real successful, and I expect the Iron Bowl to come down to who wins the West this year again. So Auburn's going to be a tough game. I think it's easily the toughest game on, on the regular season schedule for Alabama. 
Yeah, I agree. I know Auburn's got a tough one. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Washington on Saturday. And I know Mississippi State's going to be tough for them early in the year. But I think it's it's kind of you pretty much have to pick Alabama and Auburn at this point. But Alabama's going to have some new coordinators: Mike Loxley, the offensive coordinator; Tosh Lapoy is the DC. What are your thoughts on those guys? Well, you know, I've known Mike Loxley for a long time. Back when he was, a, you know, even back when he was at Illinois before that, and I told him not to take that New Mexico job. It's just not a place where you can win. But he wanted to be a head coach, and he took it. And he went, he, you know, didn't do well. He got fired. Um, went back to Maryland. Now he's at Alabama. I think he's a guy who's a, you know, lots of guys are great assistant coaches, but not great head coaches. And I think that uh, that that Mike Loxley is one of those guys. Tosh, you know. Uh, I think he's a defensive coordinator in name. I'm not totally sure how much of that defense he's going to run. I, I suspect that Coach Saban has a lot of a lot of input on that defense, even more than usual. Um, more than he's had a long time since he's had a uh, you know Jeremy Pruitt and, and Kirby Smart back there before. But I I I, I the Poy. I I don't know how much that defense he's going to run. I expect it's going to be very little. He might call plays, uh, but I think. Even that's going to be split with that new guy from Texas they got. Uh, so that that's the coordinators. Alabama's so talented, the coordinators don't matter. But, you know, you look at Alabama games, they lost that 2012 Texas A&M game in particular. Ha- uh, having a, a mediocre offensive coordinator really hurt them in that game and cost them an undefeated season. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see one of the things on Saturday is how that plays out and how much control the coordinators have. And when I talked to my sources again on Sunday and Monday and see what they had to say and see what really went on in that, that coach's box in the locker room. Yeah, I look forward to the insider reports week after week. Let's talk quarterback recruiting. Paul Tyson and Talia Tungavailoa, uh, Talia for Thompson High School on Friday at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. 385 yards, four touchdowns, 38-7 win over James Clemens. Looked really good to me. Paul Tyson at the Hoover Med on Saturday. This was the second part of an ESPN doubleheader, which your buddy Tom Luganbill was at. Uh, Tyson, 447 yards and four touchdowns in a 34-30 loss to Cedar Grove. And, you know, Hewitt's defense really struggled in that game. Alabama commits Malachi Moore, uh, Rashad Cheney, or Malachi Moore from Hewitt along with Pierce Quick, the Zalen Worsham were there, and also Rashad Cheney, the Alabama defensive line commit from Cedar Grove. So uh, did you have a chance to go to those games, Mark? What were your thoughts? I did. I went to the, I went to, uh, the Talia's game on Friday at the Crampton Bowl. Went and stayed for all of it. You know, he, he you know he's a great player. We know how good he is. I don't think he's as good as his brother. But he's a guy that can come in and, and, and win you a bunch of games. I think he's going to be a fantastic college quarterback wherever he goes. Paul Tyson, I went to that game for a half. I left at halftime. I didn't want to be in, in Hoover that late. It's not a very safe area. But I mean, I got the film. I got to sit down as soon as the podcast is over and watch the second half of that half of that game. Apparently, it was a great game. Paul Tyson threw for 447 yards. A lot of that's the product of the offense that he runs. Um, and he has some great players around him, including Pierce Quick that you mentioned, Dazzling Warsaw. I'm really looking forward to talking about him over the next couple of years. Uh, but, but, yeah, I thought that they are fantastic players. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I believe both of them will stick to their Alabama commitment. Uh, I I am I'm not sure that both of them will end their careers at Alabama, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but I think they're both fantastic players, and I'm really looking forward to see how they progress in their in their senior seasons 
in high school and how they get better. It's a big year for them, even though they're committed and, and they're, they know they're going to college. I want to see how they compete against each other. You know, they know uh, they know they're start, the, the fight for the starting job or the fight for the quarterback spot at Alabama really starts now. And they know that, and I want to see how they improve over the year, especially as they play other high school teams that can really adjust to what they're trying to do on offense and have the skilled players to really try to shut that down. So that's what I'm really looking forward to over the, over the rest of the year. Yeah, big news basketball-wise before we get to some listener questions. Kyra Lewis has reclassified. He was going to be a five-star recruit in the class of 2019, but he was able to finish some of his uh, high school coursework early. This is the Hazel Green point guard, and he has signed to play with Alabama. He will be a part of the team this fall. And with that, Jared Butler, who was never medically cleared to play at Alabama, the point guard out of uh, Louisiana, he has since uh, gotten out of his letter of intent and has signed with Baylor. So Jared Butler's out. Kyra Lewis is in. Lewis, the 6A player of the year last year, 28.5 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 3.9 steals. Obviously, Alabama's looking for an elite point guard after losing Colin Sexton to the NBA draft. Didn't think we were going to see 30 minutes out of Avery Johnson Jr., but uh, Kyra Lewis listed at 6'3", 160. Hopefully he'll be bigger than that. But, uh, you know, Mark, I'm sure you've seen him play. What should Alabama fans be looking forward to seeing out of Kyra Lewis? Fantastic player. You know, he's listed, I think you mentioned, at 160 pounds. He's in play. He's a little bigger than that. He'll probably put on some weight and play around 175 this fall. And he'll start, and he'll be a fantastic point guard. You know, he's not as, as athletic as Colin Sexton, but he has some skills that are better than Colin Sexton. I think he's a little better shooter. I think he's a little better distributor of the ball. And I think he's going to be a great player. I mean, he's not, I'm not saying he's going to be a lottery pick next year like Colin Sexton was. But Alabama fans would be pretty happy to have him, uh, you know, manning the shit for the basketball team. You know, he went to the uh, USA Under-18 National Team tryouts in June um, and, and went to the Adidas All-American camp in July. Uh, he actually went with Herb Jones and John Petty to, to the Nike Skills Academy. Alabama's the only team with three players there. So he's gotten plenty of off-court uh, competition playing against some of the best uh, players in the country at his age group. So it's not that he's just playing, you know, going against the guys that Hazel Green goes against every year. He's gone and competed and succeeded against some of the best players in the country. And he's going to be more than ready to step in for Alabama this fall. Yeah, what, what does he remind you of? It's a great question, Drew. I, I, I love this player. I loved him when he I saw him in Georgia. Uh, when he was coming out about a decade ago, actually a little more than a decade ago. Uh, fantastic player. Uh, went to the NCAA tournament a couple of times, I think. A guy by the name of Tony Douglas. Do you remember Tony Douglas, Drew? Yeah, the same guy who scored about 17 points a game as a freshman at Auburn. That Tony Douglas? Yeah, that, that Tony Douglas, and he left. You know, the, the Auburn people told him some things that turned out to be not true. And so he transferred a while to that program, and that was a wise decision on his part and went to Florida State and had some real success there. Had a few years in the NBA. I believe he's playing in Europe or Turkey or somewhere right now. But he's still filling up filling up the hoop just like he knows how to do, just like he's been doing, uh, like he was doing in Georgia 15 years ago when I went and got saw him play. So I love Tony Douglas. He's a great player. I, I think when I look at him, I look at Kyra Lewis. Kyra Lewis, once he puts some weight on him, he's going to be the exact same player Tony Douglas was. Good call. I think that's an excellent comparison. We'll get to some listener questions. And Mark, you mentioned your Twitter account, Mark Jennings55, earlier in the podcast. And uh, most of the listener questions we solicited ended up being responses about Danny Sheridan. 
I think we covered that. Um, we appreciate all the support there. I know Mark does, but uh, just just a few we'll get to that were not totally related to Danny Sheridan. Thomas Jones asked Mark Jennings, why are so many top recruits not going to the Under Armour game in Orlando, but instead they're going to the Adidas All-American game in San Antonio? Obviously, there's the two big All-Star games in early January, the Under Armour game in Orlando, the Army All-American game in San Antonio. I've had the pleasure of going to both to check out some practices. Uh, you have as well. But, uh, you know, as what Thomas Jones is suggesting, why are the top ones going to San Antonio and not Orlando? Well, I got to be honest with you. Uh, thank you for the question, whoever it was. Uh, this is without a doubt the easiest question you've ever asked me, Drew. Well, uh, who, who is who – is, uh, associated with the Under Armour game. Do you know, Drew, I don't know if you follow this or not, do you know the people and who picks the players for the Under Armour game? Yeah, I think it's uh, ESPN, you know, like Luganville. Uh-huh, ESPN, you said it. Tom Luganville. Recruits know. They know. They know to stay away from Tom Luganville. They know he's bad news. They know he's going to try to steer them in a direction of his favorite schools, and we all know which those schools are. And that's not something these kids want to be a part of. They don't want to go to an Under Armour game and be pestered to go to whatever school by Tom Luganville, that that doofus who really doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, nobody respects him. Nobody wants to be associated with his All-Star game. They'd much rather go to San Antonio uh, at the Adidas game. And and honestly, I can't blame them. I'm glad to see that, that Tom Luganville's reputation is becoming known and that uh, these high school athletes – are getting wise to it. Um, but, yeah, this is the easiest question I've ever had, Drew. But thank you for the question, whoever that was. Yeah. Paul T. Graham asked at Mark Jennings 55, Mark, who do you consider to be the Danny Sheridan of recruiting analysts? Excuse me. Analysts. And then he says, people on a particular Alabama message board are generally obsessed with Ben Davis, the redshirt sophomore linebacker from Gordo, and why he is not panned out. And Ben Davis is not listed on the depth chart. Can you give us your assessment of Ben Davis when he was a prospect? What was the first question again, Drew? I'm sorry. I, I have problems sticking with two-part questions. <laughs> Who do you consider to be the Danny Sheridan of recruiting analysts? Well, I mean, I would say Tom Luganbill, but I wouldn't even call Tom Luganbill a recruiting analyst. He kind of just throws the darts at the board and, and sees where to rank players. And, and you know, uh, a player commits to his one of his favorite schools. That player goes up in the rankings. It's pretty embarrassing. And so I'm not even going to call Tom Lugabill a recruiting analyst. And I, but I'm going to say this about my, a lot of the brethren of my, my recruiting analysts, whether well, they work hard and they're underappreciated and they travel all over the country to see these games. And, you know, not all of them work for subscription sites. You know, a lot of them do really yeoman's work analyzing these players and breaking them down and trying to develop sources to see where these players are going. And so I'm not going to pick, compare – any of, of my brethren in the recruiting industry to Danny Sheridan because that's not fair to them. Now, there are a bunch of guys at subscription sites who wish they were Danny Sheridan, and I think that says uh, a lot about the subscription sites. We're going to leave it at that. All right. And what about Ben Davis? Why do you think he hasn't panned out? What did you think of him when he was a prospect? Well, I, we were talked about this when we were talking about Ben Davis coming out. He was a five-star prospect. I never really saw it, to be honest with you. He looks great in his uniform, but this goes back to the eye test. Just because he looks great in his uniform, there are other things going on with him, uh, and, and you want to – and you have to take those into account in his recruiting. I, I honestly thought he'd be on the field more at this point, uh, but I can't say I'm surprised what's happened. I've been much more surprised if he was a 
you know, NFL lottery pick at this point. Uh, I was never really high on Ben Davis. I, I think he was a highly rated player a lot because of his name and because of his father. Uh, but I just don't think he really has the type of football instincts and that mean streak that you have to have uh, to play big-time college football, and that's really the main reason. I mean, he's athletic and he's big, but there's so many intangibles that go into making a great player, and I think Ben Davis just doesn't have a lot of those. And I don't, I'm not trying to say bad things about the kid. I like Ben Davis a lot. I, I just don't think that his game is well-suited for a program like Alabama's. Absolutely. It's been kind of a surprise, you know, because Ben Davis did well in these all-star games, had a 79-yard pick six in the Alabama-Mississippi all-star game, and that was against a very good Mississippi team. So it's, it's a surprise to me, but I don't know what goes on beyond the scenes. Last question, we touched on this a little bit, but I'll give you another a chance if you want to talk a little more. Ashton Hamilton tweets at Mark Jennings 55. Mark, and he tweets in all caps for some reason, Mark, please shed light on all the talk coming out Louisville uh, regarding dominating the defensive line and the wideouts, exposing our young but talented secondary. Well, I mean, you want your team to be confident. I, I don't have a problem with this. You know, you want your team to be confident, go out and win. You know, you wish your players might be a little more tactful in their responses to questions, but you want to be confident. Is the is is the is the quote going to go on the Alabama bulletin board? Probably. But, I mean, you know, bulletin board quotes I always thought were overrated. If you needed somebody, a bulletin board quote, to get you motivated for the game, you don't even need to be out there. So, I, I, I think, you know, you look at Alabama, we talked about it, you're going to have some, some struggles in the secondary. I think the defensive front's very good. They don't have the depth that Alabama's had before, and maybe they think they can make have some advantages there. But I don't have a problem with those comments. I, I don't think that those comments are going to turn out to be true. But I, I don't have a problem with those. I think you want your team to be confident. Great deal. That's some great stuff right there. Looking ahead to the Alabama-Louisville game. And a little bit of insight into the season and uh, touching up on some personnel matters. Uh, Mark Jennings, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Once again, as the featured guest. Thank you, Drew, for having me on. You know how much I love doing this. I'm sorry if I was a little uh, Debbie Downer earlier. I just get a little emotional sometimes. But I love doing your podcast. I hope we do it again soon. And in the meantime, I go break down the second half of that Hewitt Cedar Grove game. Great deal. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Castbox. 